0: head over to yenside.land.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, innovators, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Land Show, where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship with my guests. This is a special episode. Jean Adiguzel and I started a special show, which is all around bringing entrepreneurs together and learning from failures. We call this concept "Entrepreneurs Fuck Up Night." As part of innovating the world, I thought I will bring this show as well into the audio experience. Enjoy the Entrepreneur's Fuck-Up Night audio experience. Entrepreneur's Fuck-Up Night number six, John. Yeah. crazy. Has been. crazy? John and I met, um, I don't know, when was it? Like more than, yeah, roughly a year ago, we we interacted again and said, we need to do something together. And I think then early January this year, we said, hey, let's do something towards that direction. And we started with the first Fuck-Up Night and this is now number six. And you can see all the recordings of course on the website if you haven't seen that John what are we doing today Uh,
1: so which means we have fucked up enough Uh, (laughs) but we will continue uh, sharing uh, experienced entrepreneurs failure stories today we have Dennis we have Mika and without any further ado uh, I will uh, hand over to them but our concept is uh, everybody can tell their success stories and it's overrated. What we really learn from is the failures. And uh, by this uh, means, I would like to thank Dennis and Mika once more because they are brave enough to share their failure stories and let us learn from their experiences and their failures. So once more, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, maybe you guys starting introducing yourself and we can start with the
0: stories. Yeah, and for everyone who is watching, shoot questions in the comments. You know, we we will pick them up. We will, um, first we will do a presentation where Dennis goes in, then Mika will go in and then we open up the mic for questions. So if you have questions, put them into the comments. And then after that, we will give you the opportunity to share a fuck up story. So for the people who have already a fuck up story, or want, and want to share it? You are welcome to join our stream, and then you can share it. Only audio. The, the camera will be switched off for you, so don't worry. <laughs> but let Dennis. Let us go.
2: So, uh, how much time do I have for a story?
0: Half an hour. No, twenty minutes yeah. max.
2: But that's for one story. So I have three. Okay. <laughs>
0: let us let, let,
2: see. We can have a. We can have maybe have a vote because. Um, there's, a, there's three stories that I, I can share, I can share one really quickly, which is more like, um, um, I would say, um, um, uh, a lesson of being put in your place uh, uh, when you're almost 50, that you can still be done, that, that can be done to you. I can do that in five minutes, maybe. And there's a link to a, a blog that I've written something about that. But I've got two other ones that maybe take a little bit more time. But uh, I, I, I trained myself to keep them under 10 minutes. But I I can train myself to say, well, I can do that. Then then
0: let's do the the first two. And then we do Mika. And if we have time, then you can do the last one. That's okay.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's good. So (laughs) I I have a first story. (laughs) And then maybe after that, we can just really go to Mika and then go back and forth. But uh, the first story is all about a, uh, I would say, a magical brush. uh, One of those Japanese brushes that are really big, like maybe even like this like these big ones that uh, you can use to make really big movements. And um, uh, I would say big Enzos, which is a ritual of creating one of those big circles in one go with all your attention, just in that moment. And I was obsessed with that for a very, very long time, still obsessed with it. Um, And I've uh, read up in it and I did all kinds of things with it. And then in 2018, I went to Japan with the family. And then on one beautiful sunny day, the whole family, except me, was dressed up in kimonos and special shoes. And they were walking around the streets like this. And uh, I was carrying all their shit. And uh, I was kind of done with it after like three, four hours of doing that. And then uh, when they were done, they said, well, daddy, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to go to a brush shop because I want to get one of those really big brushes. And they said, yeah, 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 let's go. So I went uh, where we went. And uh, we were walking for like, I think 15 minutes and we were already near one. And it turned out to be the best one ever because it's the original starting shop where anything that you would be in a movie saying where things originated, it was a shop like that. Just really small and you get into it and it was nothing more. It was, I think it was like a a 10 square meter store. You had to just go in and sit on your knees and then there's all brushes and everything inside. And uh, I, you know, I brought a whole lot of baggage with me going into that store um, uh, of uh, being able to draw, uh, having a whole lot of thinking about it, and uh, doing all, all kinds of projects on how to uh, get um, um, uh, the right things on paper and do all kinds of things that, uh, that uh, matter to me and maybe also to other people. Uh, and then I get into this shop. And the shop is um, uh, the first thing I see is a picture of David Bowie, of the the, the father uh, of that lady uh, is talking with David Bowie. I think maybe somewhere in the beginning of the 90s, maybe even the 80s still. Um, uh, Absolute beginners kind of type uh, uh, thing. And then um, uh, I was looking at that and it was just truly amazing. I was like, oh, this is amazing. David Bowie was in the shop. And I was I was the only one there, but she couldn't talk a single word of English. just Japanese. It's like, brush, brush. She could say brush. <laughs> that was just about it. Uh, and I was looking around, and my my eye fell on the big brush immediately because it was hanging somewhere in the in the far left corner uh, of that little shop of that little space that I was in, and. Um, I saw the brush and I gently went up to mo- getting the courage to uh, share with her that I wanted that brush, I wanted to pay for that brush. And then uh, I was looking around the things and moving things around and just uh, getting to the point. And then I, 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 I she catch my eyes and she's like, whoa, whoa. and it's like, I want that brush. And she looks at me and she looks at the brush. And I would say, I've never had the moment sink in so much that I felt like a little boy again. Uh, But she looked at me and she said, not for you. (laughs) And then the next word she knew uh, outside of brush was master. And then what she effectively was saying, she was looking at that, she was looking at me and she looked at the very, I would say biased because she didn't know what I could do. But (laughs) according to her, she was looking at me and saying, you are not worthy of that brush because that's a brush that's been made by my father for specific people who use it in a specific way. And you, I will not sell that to you. You can buy this brush. <laughs> and I was, I was put in my place so, so much because all of the time thinking towards it, I, I was, we went to Japan, I need to get one of those brushes. And then when I got out of that, that whole um uh, that store, um, I would say the, the, the nasty thing is is that it, it created a barrier for me that uh, the three brushes that I actually did buy, uh, I bought in 2018, I didn't dare to use them yet because they are uh, uh, they are really, really nice. <laughs> and I bought some some crappy ones on the side. Uh, but I'm waiting for that moment that uh, makes me worthy to be able to use them and i've been trying to set up that space to be able to do that for a very very long time i would say reminding myself through these fuck-up nights or this fuck-up night uh, i will make a promise that i will do that with before the end of this year because i need to break that barrier because she's she i think she created the barrier just by saying master and I just went like, okay, I'm so very sorry. You know, I I can pay just a lot and I can give you a lot of money and I want it, but I have to respect the way that she was looking at it. And I was just in awe of the way that she did it very gracefully. She, doesn't, she, she wasn't angry. She was not smiling, but it was a perfect not for you. So that was my first fuck up. That uh, was a lesson in humility. And I would say... Um, uh, the, the lesson, the biggest lesson I got out of it was that you can believe in what you do and what you can do. But uh, you have to listen to the people around you that can uh, keep you grounded uh, about uh, what it is that you uh, uh, can do with others uh, with, uh, in that sense. So, you know, that's a story to get us going to uh, to say, well, just a simple person in Kyoto, uh, uh, Japan. I'll share the link. <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, very humbling in the way that uh, uh, she looks at you and says, okay, you are not ready yet. You need to move on. You need to practice more. Become the master.
0: Dennis, can you please share as well what your business is about so that people understand the context?
2: So I, I am an industrial designer from by trade. Uh, I, did a, I took a very long time actually doing it, uh, finishing that study. Uh, But what I learned was that I was really good at um, uh, being able to um, uh, draw out concepts. uh, And I created a company with that. So I created a company that ended up being about 20, 25 people at the time. Um, uh, And just drawing for people, going from thinking to the first ideas on paper, then to concepts and to uh, any startup that you could actually like. So I would say all of the stuff that has been going on in Holland, And from the beginning, uh, beginnings on, I, I, you know, I've visualized a whole lot of startups uh, uh, in that sense. Uh, And I learned that I could sell that in a good way. So uh, uh, learning how to um, be in the moment, listen, translate directly, uh, learn how to visual think your way through a problem. Uh, That's what I learned in, I would say, the last 25 years. Um, and uh, referencing back to the lady that has told me that I'm not a master yet, that I'm not worthy of that brush. It's like, I can understand that because at the the time I called myself line master and I don't do that anymore. I call myself line maker. (laughs) Because of her. (laughs) Because of her, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Nice one.
3: Yeah. Now we have three times Mika three times, yeah. three times. <laughs> hi everybody i'm mika uh, i think most of you uh, know me um <laughs> looking on the uh the participants list uh actually uh, I, what what i wanted to to talk about is um what uh, from my opinion uh, uh entrepreneurship is and what it is not and um what um it means to 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 follow um, a, a, a specific way of uh, thinking about things, what I think is, um, an entrepreneur um, you, you don't become entrepreneur because you want to get rich. You become entrepreneur because you want to follow your own ideas rather than working for someone and follow their ideas. Uh, that's the 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 very um uh, it's very important that to, to keep this in mind because um you will uh face a lot of of drawbacks of situations where you think uh am i on the right way uh and um uh only uh if if you if you keep in mind uh that this you are following your own ideas and uh, you keep keep on going uh you will make it to to anything it will not mean you will be so successful like mark zuckerberg or so but that's, that's not the point the point is you are doing what you think is right and not what your boss think is right and uh, around that um, uh, my, my fuck up stories are uh, far far in the past because uh, actually the, the company cybercon which is uh, still uh, our biggest company uh, was founded by my um, uh, mate oliver and me in 1996 when the internet just came over to europe so um, m- maybe you remember that uh, uh, not not every household had a, a PC or a computer and uh, not uh, there were n- nearly no households which had direct Internet access or something like that only only uh, some had 64 K uh, over ISDN connection and Internet was slow and it was uh, very empty uh, compared today. And um, when we started uh, the, the company, we we thought, okay, uh, uh, we, we both had um, some uh, history in uh, computers and uh, I worked uh, five years earlier. I worked for a computer magazine as an editor and Oliver uh, was a computer kid uh, himself uh, even 10 years before. So we, we thought, okay, we will... Uh, uh, consult uh, companies what this internet is all about and what you can do with it. And uh, this was uh, not very successful. Uh, we heard uh, uh the, the first contacts we made through, uh, through relatives, uh, they said okay yeah I know there is someone working for this company, you should talk to him. And uh, it doesn't came, come out one single uh, order to do consultancy. What we heard was, uh, yeah, yeah, internet will go away or um, you can't do any business in this media, things like that. So we thought, okay, we, we need to, to make up a showcase or create something uh, to, for us in order to, to show the, our potential customers that we know what we're talking about and uh, something to, to give them some, some haptic thing, what internet could be. And then we thought, okay, uh, maybe uh, we do e-business. E-business was not coined at this point in time because uh, internet was not about buying, internet was all about uh, information. So uh, the idea of, um, that, that you would go into uh, on, uh, to an online shop and buy something and uh, get it uh, uh, next day delivered or so was not born And anyway. So we thought, okay, internet is very fast so we need to pick up something which which shows our potential customers that uh from the the order to delivery uh it should be very very fast so we we, we thought okay maybe it could be pizza delivery because uh, the customers expect after um, saying I, I want a pizza that it is there in within half an hour or so so we what we did we we started to program uh, a uh, an online platform not not a shop system but a platform uh, where uh, pizza uh, restaurants could uh, be uh, our customers as well there and um, expose themselves with with uh, nice pictures of their pizzas uh, to to potential customers of them and uh, we, it was ready uh, at the end of 1996. We went online, I think in November or December, and uh, uh, then um, we, we started to, to contact all the, the pizza restaurants and uh, other delivery restaurants. We, we wrote, um, we, we created a, a, a nice um, folder, where we um, explained what we uh, are doing what we are offering and we even uh, didn't charge for that so uh, we sent it out to 1800 uh, uh pizza restaurants uh, and uh, no response then um to to uh, uh, i think they were in school at this point in time yeah they they had to do a um a practical um Uh, work for a week or so and uh, what we gave them is uh, you call all these uh, 1800 delivery uh, uh, restaurants and ask uh, if they don't want to to come on our platform at the end we had three and it started and then uh, okay uh, uh, it didn't uh, go through the ceiling because uh, actually at this point in time the idea of a customer to buy a pizza over the internet was not there at all. So, but uh, actually, uh, uh, 1996, end of 1996, pizzaflitzer.de, you can uh, have a look in the Wayback Machine. Uh, I think we were the first. Um, oh, no, we weren't the first worldwide. The first worldwide was a student in um, California, but he uh, hadn't had the platform idea. He just um, uh, made through his homepage. Uh, uh, the pizza uh, order for one pizzeria but we were the first that had the idea of uh, such a, a marketplace uh, thing uh at the end i think we we shut it off uh three or so years later because um uh, it was way too early uh the if i can uh sh- should i continue with the second uh thing that we did uh this these days or do we buy a... okay yeah, go ahead the other idea, um, the uh, 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 site that we um, uh, that went online uh, end of 1997 was at these days, there was no Google. The, the, the search engine mostly used was Alta Vista, which was a site project of a large uh, com- com- uh, a computer f- um, company called Digital Equipment that is uh, not existing anymore, it was bought by Compaq, and Compaq was bought by Hewlett-Packard, and uh, so uh, way in the past. And um, then there was Yahoo, uh, and uh, AltaVista didn't do anything commercial on on the search engine. And it was, um, they uh, they crawled only a couple of the Internet, so I would say you could find 10% or so. And Yahoo um, did the other way around. They uh, didn't crawl, uh, so they uh, didn't uh, send send a spider out to find new information and to collect it, uh, but um, did it an editorial way. Uh, And they had the idea, okay, we can sell uh, ad space on Yahoo to to make it a a business. And we thought, okay, uh, let us um, connect these uh, two things and uh, create a search engine which uh, uh, gives uh, the, uh, the uh, at the end it's uh, like the Google concept, but actually we were online, uh, I think six or eight months before Google was online. And uh, because uh, actually at this time, uh, the, the word was very small. We had a, a mailing list, the robots mailing list, and um, they were all people, I think 20, that uh, were in the business of uh, doing uh, uh, spiders in the internet as well Sergey. Sergei, they, they were all on this, this list. On this list was uh, the robots text created. And uh, then there was another um, party, uh, Lycus. Uh, um, most of you will remember Lycus because uh, they, they lived, I think, until 2003, 4, 5 or so. So uh, it's not so uh, in the past. They just started to, um, to, uh, to found uh, Lycus uh, coming from the university. And uh, they were very successful in the US. And uh, because we know each other from this mailing list, they said, uh, hey, we, we are looking for someone who does uh, the, uh, our, the Europe business for, with us together. And we said, oh, yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh, let's uh, work together. Let's put everything together. We don't need to have uh, one uh, search engine here for Europe and another in UK in US. So they sent us a, a contract and the, the contract, uh, the terms were, uh, okay, we, uh, we want you to pay $100,000 and give us 20% of your EBIT, not revenue, EBIT. So uh, from, from, from now to, to see such an offer, it, it was great. We would be millionaires. And we we sent uh, Okay, we don't have the $100,000 we go to our bank because there was no venture capital around at this time and. Uh, uh, asked them is this is a one in a time business opportunity, this will make uh, millions of euros or uh, at this point in time, demark mark uh, in a couple of years. And they said, yeah, but actually um, we don't believe uh, in internet. And uh, don't you have an aunt that has a house uh, which we can uh, put a loan on? Uh, but we hadn't have, so we couldn't make the deal. And uh, actually, um, it was um, the the rights for Germany were sold, uh, I think, around a year later to Battlesman, which made fire the out of it, uh, which was brought to the... Uh, a new market uh, in the new economy phase for value of 100 million uh, euros at this point in time. And this is, was, was only Germany, and we had on, on the table the offer for Europe. So this is uh, something which really, in retrospect, retrospective, is a, a one in a po- one point in time chance that we couldn't make, because no one believed that this would be a business. And even before Google came on, on the place. So, um, the, the essence of it is if you have an idea and you follow your idea, you will always have um, things that, that you, know, you will be beaten. You, you will not, not get your, your bank credit. Uh, the, the venture capitalist will, will not believe that you are the right person or that you have the right idea. But um, uh, entrepreneurship is um, keep going on maybe later uh, you you will do something different than you thought when when you started but um uh, you have to to go uh, until uh, you have something which you can make your living out of that's my fuck up story uh, one of my fuck up stories so i've got more great one thank you uh,
1: yeah i remember there was uh, steve gunther who as a venture capitalist rejected to invest in linkedin three times and <laughs> this is one of the biggest <laughs> let's say chances uh couldn't be taken back time because uh, creating google before google almost <laughs> i would say
3: yeah so, but, but uh, anyway uh, even if if we um had continued with Hotlist uh, um, de uh, was the name you can uh, have a look in uh in wayback machine as well um the the um the ecosystem in we have not uh, we are not America here. You you don't have this uh, enthusiasm about new ad- ideas in, in Europe or especially in Germany. They they are all they say oh we don't think this will work. We don't believe in it, and that's a uh, complete different uh, difference to to us where they say okay we don't know if it works but let's start and see. Yeah, let's figure it out.
2: But that's, I've got a really good story to latch to that one. Because and that's actually the, the, the I would say a quote of Asa Lingren's Pipi Langström, You know, I I'm really I don't know what this is about, but I'm betting I'm going to be really good at it. You know, because you start out with thinking that you're going to be really good at something because you don't know it. Uh, and I would say it's a really important lesson for a lot of people. And uh, so I I have a, I had a story about a big lion, but I'll keep that to the to to, to the last uh, if we have a little bit more time. But uh, latching on to this, I have, um, I have a story about uh, how I actually left my company uh, because of this. Because um, believing in something and actually doing it are two different things. Uh, and um, I started a company uh, called Jam Visual Thinking in uh, 2004 uh, with two of my best friends, at the, or one of my best friends at the time, um, and one person I didn't really know Who became one of my best friends? Um, But uh, that was started in 2009, 2004. And by 2009, we had a little bit of people working for us or with us. Um, And then one of those uh, uh, people drew a picture that I totally fell in love with uh, because it showed me uh, it was actually using the principle that we were selling. You know, uh, we we make, um, I would say, futures visible for people to start to believe in it. And uh, this guy created a extremely simple visual. I don't know if I can show it because it's a, maybe a podcast, but I can- I No, can, you can. I can? I'll put it online because it's a file. I'll share it. I have to put your credits next to it, but it's uh, let's see if I can, here we go. Okay, so this is a, this is a, a window into the future. Very simple window which was made in 2009. Um, and it was, it, was saying, it was saying that in 2015, we're gonna have this open space where we can um, um, uh, have fun and play with people, lots of energy, lots of respect, creativity, enthusiasm, relax, uh, it's, it's unique, but it's a place where people uh, would consciously or, or, or consciously go to get rid of blockades and come to some insights um, and to create the stories that will lead you to uh, realize great things. That's what the the bottom thing says. Uh, It's a a meeting place for creative people, researchers and business. Um, And I fell in love with this image because it was exactly the combination of what I thought would be the future of our company. And that's usually something that um, uh, you know when your partners, when you uh, when you grow, it's difficult to uh, to get to a point where you agree on one thing. Uh, But I recognized in this at least what I liked, and I fell in love with it. And when I when I was actually um, um, what I actually did was I went into I wouldn't say a rabbit hole, but I started to actually do things. To uh, move towards that um, that goal, and uh, one of the things that I, you know, that, that when you when you are able to draw and um, when you are able to make something look um, interesting enough to start to believe in, which is maybe not very German, uh, <laughs> but it is it is when when it looks good, when it looks logical and it looks achievable, then for a lot of people it becomes something they would want to start to work on. And this is, I would say, what our whole company was about, creating those images. But now this image was created for what it could look like for us in um, six years. Um, And I started to work on that. And I started to work on that in a way that I um, uh, was obsessed with creating spaces or creating um, uh, places where people could work together and visualize ideas, going from something abstract to something concrete, may be steps, could be uh, strategies, could be visions, could be anything. But trying to uh, get that out of their heads and uh, get it onto a wall, get it onto a piece of paper, iterate a couple of times, and then we would have the uh, information to be able to share that story with other people, making them part of that story. And that's this is where I would say, the 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 uh, um, the end of our um, um, uh, service, um, st- this the end of our service because we deliver the visual and we didn't deliver the way to put it into the company. Later on, I would say in the stuff that I'm doing with Jens, uh, you learn that it's not all about creating the visual. It's just, you know, it's 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 all about creating. Uh, a, you can create a space for people to believe in, but then. It starts with the culture and it starts with the people getting into a point that they start to get real and start to make steps and start to prototype and iterate and move towards a space like that. And effectively what I did, I believed in that vision so much. I had it on my wall constantly. And if you've ever seen The Secret, uh, slowly it started to manifest itself. So we started to go to a different place with our company. we went to a bigger space uh, which looked like that a little bit more. Uh, it was very much uh, filled with glass and was all uh, stuff we could do anything with and uh, stuff like that. And um, slowly we started to move towards a space where you can do that better and better and better. Um, but the strange thing is that yesterday, um, which is um, almost 15 years later now, uh, I was talking to uh, uh, somebody who's coming by to uh, be coached a little bit and uh, she coaches me a little bit in, in, in return little, in the same, it's a good uh, good uh, uh, relationship in that sense. But I, I started to realize that I was explaining that space to her, that uh, it was actually the space that I would like to be in. And here we come to the fuck up because I latched onto that vision so hard for everyone trying to create it for everyone, instead, and, instead of realizing that it was just for me. And uh, over the years, and then now we're talking from uh, 2004, we started 2009, was this image. In 2014, I left the company because of, I would say differences in vision. Uh, I'm an innovator, I need to constantly create and uh, innovate and go forward. Uh, and at the, at the time they were consolidating and creating, a tighter company and uh, focusing more on the internal stuff, and um, uh, that led to me exiting the company. Uh, luckily, we—I would say—as uh, opposed to a lot of other people I know—we uh, were able to be doing this in in a good way. Uh, we had a lot of coaching sessions, cost a lot of money to be able to at least uh, 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 part ways uh, in a civil way and not uh, not in a nasty way. Uh, very lucky in that sense. But uh, I would say uh, after that, and this is where it gets into what Mika just said, um, I just started to go down the path that I was already on anyway, because I believed in it so much uh, that this is the the stuff that I need to do. Uh, The first two years after I sold the company, I started to, I I doubted myself and need to go internally and see if it was my fault. Uh, But it wasn't. It was because I was, I was on my road for a very long time. I actually did a thesis on it, uh, literally saying what I was going to do uh, even a long time before that. Uh, but I, I was just reminded of the, of the fact that that was a very clear path to me. And uh, I would say, um, uh, like Mika said, if you believe uh, enough in what you do uh, and you have the visual, uh, which keeps it top of mind constantly when it's in your line of sight. Uh, uh, it can be a very good thing. It can also be a very crippling thing. So it could be something that you be very careful of, that you uh, every uh, now and again see if it's still the thing that you uh, are going towards. Uh, and uh, uh, connecting it to what I experienced yesterday, is like I go to my work every day, which is a shop outside of my, this is the house that I live in. I have a a small shop in Wassenaar where I I work. Uh, I go to that space with a smile every day because I've built that space. I get people to draw on the walls and do all the things that they uh, don't need to get a grip on. And uh, that space is being created. It's not just made of glass. It's just a regular small house with <laughs> a bit of a shopping uh, stuff in, in front. But um, the fuck up uh, in that sense is the fact that, uh, it, it, you just shouldn't think for other people. Just think for yourself first in that sense, especially when it's about a vision. And trying to get it to a point where you align those visions, that's where I would say a lot of collaboration comes in. And a whole lot of fuck up stories come after that but it's uh, that's at least uh, my uh, uh, i would say i called it the enchanting dream and how it led to me leaving the company <laughs> and it's uh, i would say uh, you know if you draw out something uh, that you believe in just keep believing in it you'll attract the right people it's uh, the law of attraction it's true i've seen it happen a whole lot of times and it's but it's matched with steps making steps with people don't just believe in the drawing
1: or hire someone to make it uh, visualize for you. Because as an engineer, I, I suck at drawing and I fail to visualize anything that in my head. So <laughs> it would be a good option to uh, visualize by using okay. somebody else who is experienced. So, uh, very, very good point. But in this case, you, you talked uh, about resilience, Dennis, in a way uh in in my mind what you your story reminded me always the resilience and this is a question to you both of you guys first to dennis and then to mika how do you keep being resilient
2: um it's i think it's a difference between being aware of it and being conscious of it because if you if you if you are aware of being that you have to be or conscious of that you have to be resilient, it's too difficult. It is something that um, uh, it's easier when you don't think about it and you've created I'm lucky I've, I've done sun sculpting for a very long time where I've learned that when something breaks, you don't panic you just fix it right away and you move to a better space. but that's that's a learning that I've that I've picked up um, uh, and that has shaped everything that I've doing right, uh, up until this day, you know? And um, uh, the weird thing is, is that I'm, I'm very used to being able to react to things and just move into a 180 other direction and being fine with it. Uh, but there's a whole lot of people who are not fine with that. And I'm, I would say there's a, there's a whole lot of opportunity to help people <laughs> to be fine and have, find comfort in being able to stay resilient and be flexible. Uh, but uh, what do you think about that, Mika?
3: Actually, I think uh, I'm not resilient, uh, I'm opportunistic. And that's uh, the 180 degree, um, what you uh, said before. It's, um, if something doesn't work, uh, I don't uh, uh, try to, to, to make it work until I die. I just uh, think, um, okay, this doesn't work, um, maybe I need to do something different. And that was uh, actually where our company developed uh, um, Tarot's to was uh, not um, uh, programming our own ideas, but starting to program for others because programming, we could very well. And this um, made the company grow uh, until a point where we had, um, where we had enough uh, revenues um, to, to follow our own ideas again. That was a couple of years ago when we created Metaproc and said, okay, we, we have the founding. Uh, uh, we don't need to convince someone else to give us money. We just uh, happy enough to follow our own idea uh, again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But that's, we... that's maybe, the, I, I like the idea of being opportunistic, but resilience is built into your, that's a, resili- that's a characteristic of uh, taking it to something to to another space and to another opportunity, <laughs> and it's um, yeah. So resilience is a good word. I like flexibility. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> specifically as an entrepreneur coming from large corporate. It's it's great to don't have a boss, <laughs> not have a boss. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> so there, there was a question or a comment from Gregor as well. Yeah, what is with the good? Don't fall in love with your own idea advice. I guess that was towards Dennis. Uh,
2: Don't fall. So if you, if you, there is some truth about saying, uh, if you fall in love, there's a reaction in your body saying, I love this. There needs to be something that I put into this. But um, I would would say I'm a very stubborn person. Uh, I'm still working on things that I'm in love with, that I need to break down. Uh, and realize that I need to work on other things. Uh, and um, that's the power of being in love of your own idea. It's not something you just shut off. You know, if you, if you uh, and it wasn't even my idea, it wasn't even, it was a vision of somebody else, but it, it, was, it was linking to something that I loved. And it was like, oh, and if you fall in love with something like that, I would say there's always opportunities to keep it in the back of your head that, uh, that you can move towards that space anyway. You know, but it's like having a lover that you break up with constantly and then you get together for something on the side. <laughs> Not that I do that a lot, but <laughs> it's like it's coming back and it's coming into a point that you're saying, oh, but I still love this. And uh, let's see what I can do with it now. Like Mika said, with, uh, you, you have your own, your own terms, you have your own funding, you believe in your own thing. And then let's do, see what we can do now.
3: I think the the advice don't fall in love with your own idea means um, you 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 always have to to get um, um, feedback from others about what your idea and not uh, like a love blind follow uh, just follow it and uh, 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 put away all the critics. Uh, you, you need to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, maybe just
0: chipping in from my side as well. One of the things is if you want to sell a product, then it's definitely about understanding all the details of the potential clients and customers and what their needs dreams and desires are. But I think from a visionary perspective, if you want to if we take Elon Musk as one of the famous entrepreneurs out there, he has little crazy for some people visionary perspective, but I think for him it's if he wouldn't be in love with doing that, he wouldn't be as strong. So I think there are different levels of where you should listen, and where you should maybe as well fall in love, because then you you use that as differentiator, mm-hmm. like he is doing. But of course, if you if you're into developing a product or a service, it's it's not always working. If you only love it and nobody is is willing to to buy it, and I I'm falling sometimes in that traps as well. If you see my fuck yeah. up, but.
2: <laughs> it opens up something very interesting because the, the, the whole um, uh, 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 Elon Musk thing is, is having a, uh, a, I would say, an event horizon idea. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that lies beyond your ability. Uh, going to Mars is something that lies beyond anybody's ability. But going for going to Mars, uh, if that fuels your, uh, your decisions, that is, that is something really strong. Um, and, and, you know, if, if, if at some point he's not going to make it to Mars, people could say, well, yeah, it's too bad all that time wasted. I think he is like you say, I think he loves it. <laughs> he loves And he found something that he could literally say, I want to make that happen uh, in my lifetime. And I want to be there. I want to colonize that, that planet. It's going to be a big, uh, big Tesla sign on the, on the side of the Mars. <laughs> but. But uh, having the, I would say, the guts to think that far ahead and then decide to do everything that you do every day um, in uh, alignment with that goal, that that is, I would say, truly visionary.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think there is a trade-off between listening to others and going for on your idea. And that's a difficult balance to keep because in Mika's example, uh, if he hadn't listened to the bank uh, in 1996 and went for the $100,000, then he wouldn't be here right now because he will be in his Bentley driving, I don't know, (laughs) somewhere else. So there, there there is a very difficult balance in between when to listen, when not, and go for your own idea. And I think uh, it's so difficult to, of course, retrospectively, it's easy to judge. But in in the moment, it's so difficult to judge. Uh, But Jens, I think, made a good point uh, how to differentiate between when to listen and when not. Maybe that could be applied to this example. When we are talking about big visions, maybe go for your own, and when doing uh, yeah, very very uh, actionable next steps that maybe get the feedback of uh, other people so that you can uh, always adapt adjust your iteration. But going for these uh, crazy ideas, I think you should probably not listen to uh, yeah other people like in Mika's example. But thank mm. you, the bank. Mika is here today speaking with us.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe next time he could finance us. in the other world yeah but let's let let's open the mic anyone of you who is still uh, watching this live interested in joining us and sharing your fuck up story then just raise your hand and i can pick you up and drag you into the into the room anyone up We still have 10 minutes (laughs) let's let's take dennis last story and people who are interested so if any one of you who is who is in wants to share the fuck up just raise your hand we will drag you in later dennis
2: i just want to drop in two more words which is a match opportunity which is something that i think is really important into, I would say, in, uh, linking into the whole uh, resilience and having people connect over time uh, to uh, to to get all their ideas aligned and work on something together. Uh, There's a really nice opportunity to see if, if people have big ideas, how to match those up with other people so that you can work together better. But that's a, a good opportunity, and that's a whole rabbit hole that you can dive into match opportunity. Um, but I have a story about a lion, which is maybe <laughs> a, a, it's a risk and reward uh, story because it's uh, it's a like I said, uh, uh, Mika, to you on the on the LinkedIn, it's um, uh, something very analog, um, but it is um, showing uh, I would say um, um, that some effort is something uh, that is maybe best kept to yourself and uh, not uh, uh, put into the weighing. Of a, of a big project. And uh, in that sense, I can I can share one <clears throat> visual again, just really quickly to give some context. Um, I need to enable you. Here you go. Just really quickly. <clears throat> so this is a really big sculpture I made in 2000. It's a really big lion. So like 13 meters high. This is the top is 13 meters. and. Uh, because because this this looks, I would say, in my opinion, this looks good because of this little hole here. And I would say in sand sculpting, this is a term called the cut through. And it's the cut through is something that um, whenever you're on the beach and uh, you try to make one of those holes that connects the hands, uh, and you start to make everything until it uh, falls down. Um, it's a very interesting thing to be able to do because what it does when you make a big sculpture is that it sets uh, things apart. Uh, It makes the, the, I would say, the, the sand not look like sand because people don't believe that something like that could stand, that there's a big hole in between a mountain. That idea, the idea of that being so important that people see that, uh, it's something that is my personal opinion. <laughs> so you have to imagine that this is a part of a really big, um, um, uh, sculpture. Uh, um, this was like the, the, the impression I did for that, uh, about 300,000 people visited this in the 2000s. Um, and when we were creating this, I had a discussion with the owner, the event owner, uh, about creating this whole. And that discussion took me, uh, about two or three days to uh, convince him to be able to do that. I said to him, this is gonna set everything apart. This is gonna take sense opening to the next level. This is gonna be this, this is gonna be that. Um, and uh, what I, I, would, I would say, I was in a very fortunate position because I was standing on the top of mountain, which is the biggest sculpture, uh, creating the biggest impact. It was uh, seen for miles around. You could uh, uh, really, really see that whole thing work from all all sides. And uh, because I thought um, at the time it was so important to set it apart, my um, uh, idea was to go through the mountain and do something that no- nobody had done before. Um, took me and uh, uh, at the time, uh, not my partner in my business yet, but he became my partner in my business because of this venture. um it took, took us about, um, uh, I would say, uh, two, three hours uh, away from the regular scheduled work, which was a of large, lot of hard work, uh, to be able to create that that cut through. And when we went through and created a hole, we we're so happy because like, oh, and it's gonna, it's looking great, it's looking great. And then you zoom out, you go down, and you didn't see anything and because we were standing on like 30 meters high, creating something. That nobody could see and we were like totally glad that this was oh it's really really good and um and then we were down down on the, on the ground and we were looking at us oh shit, we cannot see it um and we needed to take away a whole lot of the sides in order to be able to see it uh, uh, and, and to make to make the lion really stand out um this was a really stressful time because at the time i'd convinced them that this was going to set everything apart and I needed to prove that um, this was going to do that. So I started to hack away at the mountain, sort of hack away things that maybe shouldn't have done, uh, been taken away. And then at some point, there was a small, like one part of the day, if you stand in one space, you could see it, you could see the hole, you could see it and it truly looked amazing. It was like, I would say it's the best thing that, in sand that i ever did, um, but it wasn't necessary. It was a whole lot of work. It was a whole lot of things that we did um, that we believed in. Um, but in the end, did it really serve um, the, 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 the event. And then uh, right at the time, I think it was a little bit uh, like a 30, what was it? This is in 2000. 30 something, 32 or something. Uh, and um, I, I dare to do anything. If I look at it right now, it was like, you're stupid if you do that because uh, you're endangering the whole project. These are th- 300,000 people came to check it out. That hole was a liability. It was actually wind going through it, creating all kinds of cracks and difficulties. And it's like, oh my God, it's so stupid. And it's just, for what? For my own idea that this was going to be the best thing that's going to be done. Be done. I'm very lucky, I would say, that it didn't collapse. Um, if you would have stood there and really see and feel what it was about, <clears throat> you would have felt it could not it could not collapse. But for people who were working with me, they were all angry because they were so angry at me because you took so much time away from valuable carving time for so many people uh, through this stupid stunt. Uh, that you know was it worth it? Um, I would say, from my perspective, uh, it was definitely worth it on the side that I worked with uh, a guy on that uh, that sculpture that turned out to be my partner in my business um i got to see him right to the occasion and uh, we got to know each other and really really good through that um, but it's uh, that's like the only thing that came out of it outside of a really nice picture that you see right now or that you could could have seen but it's that, that was that was you know the risk reward balance so how much how much risk do you take to uh, to satisfy your own needs to uh, prove that something is really, really worth it. Maybe in programming, it's the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, are there more questions? Let me check here. Yeah, for those, I, I have already sent in the community which we have built up over the last couple of weeks, which is a discord community where I bring more and more entrepreneurs and over the different things i'm doing so if 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 you guys are interested join that uh discord community it's it's lit it's it's like a slack community it's not, nothing too different but there are a couple of very very interesting people in um as well as some big corporates which you don't see right now And I will bring in more people over the next couple of months and years. That's one of my big passions. So if you want to stay in contact and get connected to interesting people, um, from Hollywood movie producers to, like, myself, Jean and Dennis are already in. You're welcome to join. Co-founders are possible to find there as well, by the way. (laughs) But there's a question. How do how to find the best co-founders. I, I, maybe I can start if I, if I give perfect. the example, um, because Dennis and I have co-founded the business together and we found each other um, in a castle drinking together. That was the starting point. It didn't happen years um, after that because I was still working at big corporate at that time. But for, for me, it's, you need to trust people. You need to like them. And that's, that's the, the key part. Um, and then finding, finding people who kind of support you and have different strengths. So not having the same strengths, but having different strengths so that you together build a team that is covering a lot of things.
2: Mm.
0: That's at least my, my idea. And then where is a little harder, but I, I always start with friends. Because that's that's the people I trust most. Sometimes a bit a bit harder, but so far it worked with Dennis at least.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, I totally agree. And you- any
1: any thoughts
0: from
3: you? Pardon me, I'm just joining Discord. That's good. <laughs>
0: no, any any thoughts on from you on how to find the best co-founders?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, of course, um, <clears throat> because uh, uh, they, the first uh, company I uh, founded together with a partner uh, went uh, bankrupt after, I think, uh, around uh, two or three years, uh, actually, because uh, we, we weren't uh, a good so- sort of a team, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we had different uh, ideas and we couldn't uh, uh, give the other enough room so we were constantly fighting about the way to go, and this is very bad. Uh, and uh, the the partner um, uh, Oliver, with which um, with who I um, founded the Cybercon uh, company, uh, we we met in a discotheque. Actually, he was uh, the the cocktail bar mixer, and I, I was a customer, a very good customer of him. And then we found out that we have uh, similar interests, uh, like. Mathematics, uh, computers, and uh, that led to a friendship. Before we actually started to become co-founders, uh, and that was a very good decision to to um, found with them to- together because uh, we the CyberCon is now twenty six years uh, old, and uh, we we had uh, uh, hard times, good times. We had a lot of parties and uh, had uh, sad moments. Um, but uh, the, the, the the basic thing is um, that we respect each other. Uh, we are not so um, against them.
1: Yeah, so complimentary, yes. Complementary.
3: Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he <laughs> I'm more the, the the type of guy that that uh, has uh, fancy ideas and uh, wants to, yeah. to run forward, and he's more the guy that says, "I oh, will wait a moment. Let let's uh, first think about the risk and uh, uh, he ground us my my uh, my ideas so uh, they the match um, or they, 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 they we in the middle uh, we find the right way to go forward yeah
0: <clears throat> it's 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 super important because if if we look into social media you only see the nice stuff you don't see the hardship and grind that's behind the scenes and then it's only you see the companies that are super successful after they have done it already ten years. Mm. It's this overnight success story is just it looks like on social media, but it's not not the norm. Mm. At least in my in my world, it's, it's hard. hard. Work. It's hard work. Hardship and grind.
2: Yeah. I must I must say that um, I've I've moved away from the idea that I need to um, create a company to create value. Because I, I, you know, I, I create um, um, uh, collaborations, uh, and there's a, a ever-growing, faster ways to work together, um, and I have about uh, five or six different collaborations going, that um, could be different companies, but we choose not to have. You know, some of them are companies, some are not, and, um, and you know, there's faster ways to to uh, uh, experiment and, and be resilient in saying, well, I. let's try this out. And if uh, after three assignments, we see that we don't match in that sense, then we take a break and we see what happens after that. And then when you have a whole company uh, with uh, funding and stuff all around one idea, that's a bit difficult. And I would say I'm a bigger fan right now of creating um, uh, quick, uh, um, uh, smart contracted uh, collaborations uh, to be able to do anything you want. No, I'm, I'm not stuck to anything. I just uh, if I if I want to sell apples tomorrow or sell, start to sell, uh, build sand sculptures again, it doesn't really matter just as long as I like the people. And that gets back to what Jan says. If you like what you do, then it's no problem. You just need to match with people that do want to do the same thing.
1: Okay. There's one question uh, about, could you give an example
2: on smart contract? Ooh. <laughs>
0: Don't get him going on that
2: <laughs> I, You know, I've only started to, with that in that sense with the whole NFT thing. So like trying to uh, create a company uh, by um, uh, uh, making the agreements uh, 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 put be put online and see how, how the chain can help you to create, um, uh, I would say, a successive way of ownership. Uh, I'm v- very, very open to see where that's going. Right now I don't, don't have any, uh, um, uh, what is it, um, experience with that, uh, outside of the fact that last week I bought my first NFT.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe just giving a little bit of background. So we're working um, with a couple of people together who are deeply into that, and and we see the opportunities that you can use smart contracts from a blockchain perspective for, as well, building companies. and. Splitting the company value up in different ways than you ever have been able yeah. before, and that's that's something we're prototyping right now with with one of the podcast guest groups, which is as well in the Discord. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's going fast. It's going so fast. Yeah, and that's that's different from where we cut, co- where we've got co- where we come from. Now I've been taught that my my father was uh, owned a, a company where he started it himself, an entrepreneur. Uh, passionate about tools, uh, selling tools in uh, big industrial tools, and um, uh, hitting a wall at the point where uh, he, it's getting too big, you know. And then because there, there there's some point that you get uh, um, uh, to do not do what you love to do anymore because your company is getting bigger. It's like, oh, okay, you know. And this is this is where some people grow into a company uh, a role. That is fit, fitting to making it grow, and other people uh, go back to where they started. Even Gates, Bill Gates, went back to research and development because he, you know, there's other people better at growing your company. Hmm. Uh, but it's you know it's all about trying to figure out and be true to yourself um, and giving space to the other ones uh, to be able to do that.
0: But little but it's most probably easier with a couple of billion on the bank account
2: (laughs) i don't know i don't know if it's more fun i don't know i i
0: (laughs) I have never been in that situation (laughs) but i think we we we, we we're already six minutes over um we we're happy of course if you connect to us on any social media via emails um the, the contact details will be on the on the website as well so that you can reach out to us if you have questions or if you want to join us in the next fuck up night let us know we're happy to engage cool thank you very much guys yeah thank well, you it's the pleasure been, having you uh, opportunity thanks for listening to today's episode you will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any questions to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there. Thanks and see you in the next episode.